Tonight's going to be the last message of the year. Uh, we will carry over a, to a different series next year. We will be moving out of the teachings of Jesus. So this will be the last installment in the teachings of Jesus series. Um, and, and it discusses in this passage uh, the most important or at least one of the most important matters of our lives. And, and, and really, it, this matter decides our present life and our eternal life. Uh, and it's how we receive, how we hear the word of God. So, so most of you, especially if you're a senior, uh, you've heard the word of God preached. You've heard the gospel proclaimed over and over again countless times. It's not new information to you. Uh, and so the question is not have you heard, but how have you responded to what you've heard? And in our passage tonight, in what's often called the parable of the sower, uh, Jesus is going to address this very topic. How have you responded to the word? And he's going to teach us four different ways, uh, four possible responses we can have to the word of God. So as we study this passage together, and as Jesus lays before us the, these four ways we can receive the word, I want us to evaluate. I want us to be asking out of these four, which one am I? How have I responded? Seniors, I want you to be thinking out of my time under the preaching and teaching of God's word here at Risen and all the other ministries you've been at this church. How have you responded? And, and as upcoming seventh graders, I want you to think about how you want to respond over the next few years with us. And so let's go ahead and read our passage, pray and dig in. Uh, and just one, one more remark before we begin. Uh, I want to just explain the structure of the passage. Uh, so in the first section, verses one through nine, uh, Jesus shares uh, with a large crowd a parable. Uh, it's it, it just simply just a short story or analogy that illustrates vividly a truth or multiple truths. And in the second section in verses 18 through 23, Jesus explains the meaning of the parable. What does the parable mean to his disciples? So first comes the parable, verses one through nine, and then Jesus' interpretation of that parable, verses 18 through 23. So now with that structure stated, let's go ahead and get in. Let's read. If you got your papers, make sure you have it before you. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables, saying a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some fee, uh, seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they, they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. And here's the interpretation. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. 
This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold and in another 60 and in another 30. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we sow this word, as this word is proclaimed, we ask that you would let us have open ears to understand. That we would be among those who receive the word and produce a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Father, this, this great work that we need you to do in our hearts is only possible by your Holy Spirit. And so we come asking for his presence, asking for his conviction, asking that he will illuminate truth to us. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so from verses 1 and 2, Matthew, the author, he explains the setting, the setting of our passage, where our passage takes place. Uh, he writes, look there, verse 1, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And so according to Matthew, here's the scene. Jesus, this great miracle worker, uh, healer and teacher, he, he's been traveling all over, doing amazing ministry, and he's sitting by Lake Michigan, uh, just enjoying the sight and sounds of the water. Now, of course, it wasn't actually Lake Michigan, but you get the picture. And then all of a sudden it says these great crowds gathered about him. He's sitting there enjoying a time of peace and quiet, but then a mob of people start to surround and, and press into him. And, and to get some room to breathe, Jesus jumps into a nearby boat. He just gets into a boat. He sits down and he drifts away a little bit. So it's this calm setting. And the whole crowd, they just eagerly stand on the beach, just, just waiting. What will this miracle worker, what will this teacher do? And it's not much of a surprise. We see in verse 3, as the people stood there waiting, it says Jesus told them many things in parables. In other words, Jesus starts teaching these people. And the first parable uh, is laid out in verses 3 through 9. And in these verses, Jesus, he, he describes the image of a farmer. He's out scattering seed. And, and, and then he, this farmer scatters a seed. And the parable describes what happened to each seed that fell on four different soils. And so Jesus says the farmer goes out. He scatters seeds. And as he does, some fell along the pathway. And it was hard. Um, and so the seed didn't sink into the ground and the birds came and ate it for dinner. Other seeds, Jesus say, says, fell on rocky ground. This would have been a soil that had like a layer of limestone right by the surface uh, so that when the seed sprouted, the root, roots couldn't get very deep into the ground. And so when the sun came, the, the ground heated up very quickly um, and the roots didn't get deep enough to find water to survive. And so they withered and died. 
Next in the parable came the seeds that fell among the thorns. These would have been uh, seeds scattered near the bushes, thorn bushes. Uh, they were a type of weed uh, that grew fast and had strong roots, and which would have then hogged all the water from uh, the seed and blocked the other seeds from getting adequate sun to survive. So that Jesus says that as the thorn bushes grew, they choked, they, they slowly suffocated the freshly planted seeds. But finally, Jesus tells us, some seeds did indeed fall on good soil and they produced a large abundant crop, some 100 fold, some 60, some 30. So that's a summary. That's the parable. Now, now originally Jesus just says that. He just tells them this parable of a farmer scattering seed and these different soils bearing different fruit, different results. And so the, the people listening, the crowds waiting, they would have been left there asking, what does he mean? What does this parable mean? Uh, what is he communicating? And that's why in verse 9, Jesus ends with these words. He who has ears, let him hear. Uh, thankfully, the disciples were just as clueless as, as we would have been if we would have been among that crowd. And so later in the passage, Jesus then interprets the parable for them. We get his divine authoritative interpretation of the parable. In verses 18 through 23. Uh, and Jesus is no longer in a boat speaking to a large crowd, but now he's on land teaching these 12 dear disciples. And, and he systematically unpacks what each part of the parable means. He says in verse 18, look there with me. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. That's how he begins. Hear then the parable of the sower. That is, here's what it means. You ready for the interpretation? First, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, Anyone hears the word of the kingdom? Now let's stop there because that phrase is very important. Jesus is saying here that the seed scattered by the farmer in the parable, it represents the word of the kingdom. Or put another way, the message, the, the declaration, the proclamation, the word about the kingdom. And more specifically, we're told that the content, what's the content? What's the propositions of this message? Well, back in chapter four, verse 17, when Matthew summarizes what's at the heart of Jesus's preaching and teaching ministry, what's his message about the kingdom? What's it all about? It's in the cross reference section. He writes this. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's Jesus's message. That's the core. In other words, the, the word of the kingdom scattered among all people is a call for, for every one of us to repent, to turn away from our disobedience, our rebellion against God, to turn away from sin and evil and corruption because... Why? The arrival of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, God in flesh, God with bones and hair and eyes, God in flesh, the Messiah, he's come and he set in motion the final stages of history leading up to the day of judgment and restoration when God is going to destroy evil for good permanently and set all things right fully establishing his reign and rule forever. That, that's the word of the kingdom that, that's being scattered by the sower uh, in the parable. And that's the same message you have heard. 
Students, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The, the time is near. A day of judgment and restoration of the world is coming. You've heard that message. And, and while the original hearers did not yet know the full revelation of God's plan, we do. It is because God so loved us, right, that he gave his son to die for our sins so that when we repent and trust at him at the end of this age, we will be welcomed. We will be received into the eternal kingdom of heaven, not as slaves, not as mere civilians, but as his sons and daughters. Full heirs of every promise, every glory offered to us by God. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the message you have heard. And so the question is then, how have you received this seed of the gospel? How have you received it? How have you received this message that the kingdom of God is near? How have you received this message from Jesus calling you to repentance, to submit to his son, to turn away from sin and receive an eternal kingdom? How have you responded? And according to this parable, then uh, there's four different responses. He, 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 he mentions four possibilities. In verse four, 19, Jesus tells us the first option. So look at verse 19 there with me. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So according to this parable, then some of you will, will hear the good news. You'll hear the message of the kingdom about Jesus, the gospel, but you won't understand uh, so like a hard path, this, this is the person who has a dull and hard heart. The word of God, just, it just doesn't penetrate. It just doesn't get through. Uh, it doesn't resonate with them. You could tell them until they're blue in the face that the son of the living God died for your sin because he loves you and it makes no difference. They don't care. They're disinterested. Maybe they're even suspicious. It's not important to them. The seed doesn't penetrate whatsoever. And so then Jesus says, in that case, the evil one, the demonic being, an enemy we have, the devil comes and he snatches the truth from their heart. And that, and that word snatch, it carries this violent and aggressive sense to it. We could say that the devil rips the seed right out of your heart. As your eyes glaze over with boredom, as you hear the message from heaven about a kingdom coming. You're distracted with other matters. You don't care. And the devil has kept your soul from being saved. Hard path. And the bird comes and eats the seed. Next, Jesus explains the rocky soil. And the rocky soil, it's, it's interesting. Uh, because unlike the first soil in which uh, they, they totally reject the gospel, disinterested with the gospel, those on rocky soil hear, they hear. And in verse 20, uh, Jesus says, they hear and they immediately receive it with joy. So this is the person who receives the, the message and they're happy. They're excited to receive Christ for the first time. You know, they, they like the idea, 
of God, loving and forgiving and saving them. They love how it felt that moment when it kind of felt like they were free from some guilt and some shame that sin brings. They, they love the idea of, you know, turning a new leaf and having this transition and a fresh start. They rejoiced at the possibility of having a rich and purposeful life. In other words, they loved all the benefits. They loved all the good stuff that comes with following Jesus. They received that message with joy. Yet, like a seed planted in rocky soil, the roots of their commitment were inch deep, shallow. See, the idea of following Jesus sounded good. It sounded good to follow a risen savior. But there was no true loyalty. There was no genuine allegiance. There was no, I will follow you no matter what, Jesus. Cancer, persecution, exclusion, no matter what. Instead, they were fair weather Christians, right? They only followed Jesus when it was 72 and sunny when it benefited them, when it made their life easier. Hence, Jesus says, look what he says in verse 21, that this person, he endures for a while, for a while, a short time, brief. This is short-lived faith. So that Jesus says when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, when, when they're ridiculed, teased, excluded from the cool crowd because of Jesus, when they're uh, looked down upon, when their faith costs something, when they have to pay a price to follow Jesus, whether it's popularity or safety or friendships or some worldly pressure, ple pleasure, when they have to pay a price, it says immediately he falls away. Immediately. And note that Jesus repeats that word immediately. So as quick as they received it with joy, I want the kingdom. I want eternal life. As quick as it was happy and they were joyful, it was as quick as they're gone. They fall away because the roots never went deep. They didn't truly commit all of themselves, life and death to Christ. Uh, so students, beware. Be on guard. Beware of thinking that because you had some emotional experience sometime. At some point you were happy about the gospel that you're saved. There are some who receive it with joy and bear no fruit and wither and are scorched. The real proof is in whether you follow Jesus through good and bad, persecution and tribulation, life and death. Next, Jesus explains the seed sown among the thorny weeds. The thorny weeds. Look at verse 22. Jesus says, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Uh, this is probably the most prevalent among us. Here then, Jesus says, some of you are going to hear the word, but you have two fatal enemies. Two fatal enemies who are going to slowly strangle and suffocate your faith into death. And one is what Jesus calls the cares of the world. The cares of the world. And that word cares, it can be translated anxieties, worries, or concerns. Uh, so, so then when Jesus says cares of the world, he's referring to earthly matters. 
temporary matters of this life that, that monopolize, that dominate, that control your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, your lifestyle. And so for students like you all, this may be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It could be school and grades, sports and popularity, college scholarships, family life, social media and friendships. And it's not that any of these earthly matters are, are bad or corrupt in themselves. But the problem is that we give them priority. We put them above God. They become what we want most, what we care about most, what's most important to us, what we love most. Not God, not his son, not his mission, but the cares of this temporary fading here and gone world. And, and closely related, Jesus says the second fatal enemy that wants to strangle your faith to death is the deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness. Another translation says it this way, the seductiveness of wealth. Seductive. In other words, money, riches, possessions, clothes, cars, homes, bank accounts, vacations. They have this, this power to, to lure you away from a pursuit of single-minded obedience to Christ to a, a pursuit of vain vanity, things that perish, that have no bearing on your eternity. And according to Jesus, both the cares of the world and the seductive promises of riches, wealth, money, they choke us. They choke the life out of our faith. Finally, Jesus comes to the last soil in verse 23. Look there with me. Jesus says, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold and in another 16 and another 30. So while many will not understand, While many will fall away, while the faith of many will die a slow death, Jesus says some will hear. Some will hear. They're going to understand. They're going to sincerely commit their lives to Christ. Some will forsake the world so they don't lose their soul and therefore they're going to bear fruit. The fruit of love and peace and joy, a harvest of righteousness, of humility and patience and selfless sacrifice for the sake of others. They bear fruit. Some will hear the gospel and be saved. And so then the question Jesus leaves us with is what soil are we? What soil are we? Let's pray. Father in heaven, you know. You know the answer to that question. You know our hearts. You know our secrets. You know the depths of our sin. You know everything about us. And Lord, I just plead with you. 
plant the seed of your word, the gospel, bear fruit among these students? Would you please save them? Would you please allow that word to take root in their hearts? Would you give them the grace and the mercy they need to surrender their lives to you once and for all, daily dying to themselves? Father, help us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.